Okay, good evening again, ladies. I'm going to check the connection just to make sure that we're good to go and that you can see me this time. <laughs> oh, I love technology. Thanks for hanging in there with me, Dr. Kim. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, whew, we're good to go. Okay. Yay! So, good evening, everyone. Uh, we are back in 2021 with a new version of how we reimagine conversations and connections. And so in 2021, we're doing something new. We're doing our Hustle and Grow, grow live stream and podcast. So you can digest this information two different ways now. So we're very, very excited about that. And our first guest is Dr. Kim Carter. Good evening, Dr. Kim. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. So we are going to be talking again. Let us know you're here in the comments. Say hello. Say good evening. Let us know if you have questions. Give us feedback. We love it. Uh, we, of course, will be answering questions throughout the um, broadcast, but then we'll be hanging around afterwards, kind of giving you feedback and interacting with you as well. So today we are talking about how to get paid to speak. And I know a lot of you as entrepreneurs and coaches and authors and all these wonderful things that you are, have asked about like, how do I get into um, speaking and getting paid for it and really growing um, your influence and becoming an industry leader through spe uh, paid speaking engagement. So that's why we brought Dr. Kim on. She is a sought after, highly sought after speaker. She's a published author. She is a college dean. She is a business owner. She is an executive coach. She is a lot of amazing things. Um, and she is one of my professional mentors because she moves with such excellence in everything that she does. So when I was thinking about, okay, I'm really wanting to move to the next level, Dr. Kim was the first person that came to mind. Like she is really a wonderful speaker. So I am so honored to have you as my first guest. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh my goodness, I can never follow the introduction you just gave me. I need to take you everywhere with me, Noni. You give the best intros. I, Noni has said it all, okay? I am a Jill of all trades and I have been at, in higher education for 21 years and absolutely love it. Love sharing, love seeing that light bulb go out. Um, not go out, flick on. My job is to make sure it never goes out. <laughs> that right. is where the igniter came from, to make sure your flame, that light never, ever, ever goes out. So I love seeing the light come on, stay on, get brighter. And I, I, I glean so much of that from my experience in higher education. I also have 18 years in government. So I was the first African-American female to hold the post of the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development multifamily director. So I'm here in this area and I was the state of Ohio's housing director. So I also have a strong love for community and for economic and housing development. Just love all people, love all people. My, I, I feel like I was born to just encourage others 
and to equip others and to pour everything I could possibly know into others. And so that is my life mission is to reach trillions of people through teaching. I have a consulting business through also speaking to just light their fire to help them to get on their path of, of going from where they are to where they want to be. So that is my aim. I hope that's helpful. I am certified also in DISC and Myers-Briggs, Strength Finders. Uh, I am a mediator, certified mediator. And so no conflicts though, okay? Not in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have peace. <laughs> so... <laughs> Absolutely. So that's just a little bit more about me. And I, I cannot um, close out an introduction without saying how blessed I am to be in Noni's company, to be a part of her team. We are partners. And I just love all of the work we do together. Noni talks about how she wanted me on her team. She is the biggest advocate on my team. She is going to make sure you're stretched, yet not broken. And that you are going to continue to climb and go to the next level. Iron sharpens iron. So I am so grateful to be here with you all. Thank you so much, Noni. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get started because, you know, I'm always picking your brain when it comes to like speaking, you know, because, you know, it's just it's a lot to get your mind around. So. How did you know? So a lot of us are out here, you know, we're volunteering. We're speaking about our, you know, area of expertise because we're passionate about it, right? So how did you know it was time to move from, okay, I'm going to come and, you know, give and volunteer to the point where you're like, now it's time for me to put a price tag on this gift. <laughs> it, it is such a fine line, especially when you have a servant's heart. When you just have a heart for giving, it is so challenging to know when to pull that trigger to start seeking payment for your services. And, and honestly, I was teaching for a while and someone approached me and said, you know what? You are a great presenter. Have you ever thought about speaking? And I thought I speak all the time. And they were like, no, speaking professionally, getting paid for real. And so it, it caused me to pause and to think about it. And, and the one thing that was said to me was, you know, attorneys get paid when people call them and ask them for their advice. Why wouldn't you get paid when people ask you to come and speak and share your intellect? And, mm. and it made all the sense in the world. And I was such a giver that I felt almost guilty for wanting to seek payment for my services. Yet when it was put to me in a perspective of this is your job, you are doing a job, you are providing a service, you provide programs and everyone else gets paid for that. Why wouldn't you? It doesn't prevent you from giving freely, yet it does allow you an opportunity to get paid also. So I still tithe a part of my speaking business. So every year I make sure I set aside a number of speaking engagements that I will not charge for. And I base that off of need. You know, there are organizations that are not in a position to pay you, but may really need your service and you wanna really give it to them. And so you make these decisions about what you tithe. Once I reach that point, then I, I really pull back and it has to be an exception, a really big exception to continue to provide free service after that. So I do reserve a tithe. Uh, and, and I think that's just a good thing to do if it's in your heart, if you want to keep giving that way. So I hope that helps. It was really a seed planted in me to help me to understand that what I was doing was a profession and that what I was doing resulted in my study 
my, my research, my financial investment, my time investment. And I had to look at it professionally that way as a, a bona fide business. And that is when I knew it was time to start charging for my speaking. And you helped me with that too. Just, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, let me set it, let me allot X amount of speaking uh, engagements. And then when it's time, it, it makes it easier for you to say, oh, you know, I set aside X amount and I've re reached that quota. <laughs> Thank you, sister, for helping me. You are welcome. Oh my gosh. And when it takes away any bias, right? That, it takes away really the emotion, the bias, everything away from that decision. It is no different than, you know, I have the two a day. Once once I have my two allotments for the day, my two commitments for the day, if someone else asks, can they do something? Oh, I apologize as I'm not available. I am booked. Is there another day that works? And so it, it's just, it just makes it so much easier. It takes that pressure off of trying to decide. It's like, no, here's the number. I've reached that. And so, you know, let's look at another date, perhaps next year. That's wisdom. And you say you turn down people so nicely. I love it. So how did you, I know that you, you taught. So how did you decide on the topics? And then how would you encourage someone if they're, you know, they may have a lot of skills or knowledge that they've acquired. How did you decide which topics to be like your signature topics? And how would you recommend someone like the process someone go through to find that? Okay, great. Thank you for asking, asking that question. Would you mind if I just went back to our prior question and just say, I really try my best not to turn anyone down. <laughs> I really don't. If I if I am able to share that I've reached my capacity and I'm not able to provide that service, if we're past July, I will say, is there a time at the beginning of the year that we could work together? So I try to save that connection. And if they need someone sooner, I offer a referral. I say, mm -hmm. I know someone would be a great fit for you. Would you mind if I connected you two together? And then I'll reach out to that other speaker, that other consultant and say, listen, I have an opportunity, a possible opportunity for you. Are you available this day? And I, and I keep a library of which consultant and which speaking colleagues I have and what their area of expertise is. And that way I can do a quick recall of who would make a great replacement if I'm not available. So that's how I really avoid turning someone completely all the way down. I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I believe that's in it. this business, you have to have a library of other colleagues that you trust, that you have seen them work, that they offer an exceptional service and know what lane they are in, their skill, their area of expertise, so that you can call on them. Even to the point where if it's happening a lot, if you are flourishing in your business and you really cannot take any, any other opportunities on, look at having a contractual arrangement with that person or with those persons and say, would you love to be a part of my speaking team? And if I have opportunities come my way that I'm unavailable for, I can refer them to you for a referral fee. And so you, you can think about it a couple of ways either with an agreement or with not. Wherever you are, I hope that works. So um, I just wanted to add that in there. 
Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. The topics really came easy for me because I was already in the space of developing curriculum and developing speaking content. So I stayed in my lane. I, I stayed in the lane of my area of expertise from an educational standpoint and from an employment experience and life experience standpoint. So that's where I started. So it was a very natural fit for me. And for persons who do not have the background of already working in that space, like I was, you really wanna look at what is your area of expertise? So what, what item, what content subject matter do you have over 10,000 hours in? I mean, that's how we determine to some degree if you're an expert in that subject matter or not, do you have over 10,000 hours of working in this field or working in this area? And if you do, then that's a good place to start. So you can just do a brain dump, get out mm -hmm. a piece of paper and start thinking about what have I spent the bulk of my time doing? And, and it could be organization. It could be leadership. It could be strategic design. Whatever it is that you have spent that amount of time plus in, begin there. Another um, item that helps is if someone compliments you all the time on something that you say regularly or something that you do or that you've demonstrated, that's another item to write down. Because someone may say, someone said to me, you, you are such an encourager. You will not let it go. You're an, a, a great accountability partner. You are an encourager. You make sure that it happens from A to Z. Uh, you know, you follow through. And so that speaks about motivation and encourage an organization, right? So motivation and organization. And so those are two areas I would have written down for myself if I didn't have any other background area or if I didn't have the 10,000 hours plus in something. So those are some great places to start. Start in your current sphere of what you do at work, what you do in a community. If you are not already in that space functioning there, then look to what have you spent the bulk of your time doing? Look to what others have complimented you on that you speak on that subject matter well, that you're very detailed, that you're thorough. That means that someone else believes you know your stuff. And so write those things down because that is how you begin to explore what some potential speaking content areas are. I also look at education. So I am, I am very fortunate to have four degrees. And so I am definitely going to always speak in that lane, in those four lanes. So I have my PhD is in organization and development with a specialization in leadership. So I'm going to always speak on leadership. I'm going to always speak on organizing and developing your talent pool, you know, in your workspace. Um, I have a psychology degree. So I'm going to speak on well-being and, and on mental wellness and mental acuity because it's a, a degree in industrial psychology, which is work psychology. I have another degree in digital entrepreneurism. So I'm going to speak all day long about business starts and about what are some of the tools that you can equip yourself with to, to start your business and to maintain a good productive flow. And then I have a degree in um, MBA, a general MBA. So that's business. Business covers five million areas. So, right. so so many places that you can start to begin to think about content area. So it takes more than that, right? So once you have a, a list of content area that you can begin to look at and you can begin to examine, you also want to ask yourself, am I self-aware in that area? 
so I, I've studied it. I've performed it. Someone has said I'm great at it. Can I back that up? You know, so you want to add the credentialing piece to the subject matter area. And then the third piece that you add to that is your ability to connect that yeah. way. Just yeah. because I write curriculum doesn't mean I can speak it. That's a good point. Just because I may hold meetings at work all the time or that I'm a team leader and I, I'm in charge of the annual meetings doesn't mean that I can convey that in a speaking platform that connects and resonates with an audience. That is the third and probably most critical piece to have because you can know something all day long and the audience still not hear a word you've said if you don't <laughs> have the ability to connect with them. So you need those three pieces. I, I know that was a more uh, thorough answer, but I hope that that helps. That's good. And, and of course, I'm, I didn't send you this question, but I know you know this because <laughs> you're talking and, you know, people are like, oh, my goodness. You know, she's like overly qualified. She has all these degrees and all this expertise. If someone is struggling, because I do believe that you can really hone those skills, sharpen those skills. What do you recommend people do to really sharpen their public speaking, their, you know, communication skills? What would be some of the things, maybe easy things, you know, we're all still quarantining. Yes. <laughs> what, right. what are some Absolutely. easy things? <laughs> we can do? I tell you, and, and I appreciate any comments regarding my educational background. I will tell you, I, I say that not to be haughty, yet to share with you that that's a place to start. It could be your high school education. You know, what classes did you excel in? That's a point of start. It doesn't have to be a college degree. Life in itself is a PhD. Trust me. Yes. And so looking at your life experience can yeah. be just as valuable as learned experience. And I, and I have to reiterate, it doesn't matter what I learned if I can't convey it. It doesn't matter if I have all this knowledge and I have a platform in people if the message never connects. Uh -uh. And so that is that is just critical. So a place to practice, a pra a, you you all are probably going to laugh at me. I, I have a dog, Casey. Y'all all probably know who, about Casey because I work for her. I speak for Casey. Whatever it is she desires. And, so, and, and I talk to her all the time. So I talk to my dog too. <laughs> Here, like all of my fresh new product that I'm trying to put out there in the speaking world. And she's an attentive listener. <laughs> as I long as it. her T-R-E-A-T is not involved in any of my speaking, she will sit there quietly and she will listen. Otherwise, if you already catch that, she knows that word very well and she would take off and go running to the room that that is located in and I've lost my audience. So I know how to keep a dog engaged. <laughs> so, so, so start just practicing at home. Practice on your friends. My friends are so gracious. There was a time I needed to do a recording and I just sent them a text message. Can I have an hour and a half of your time? And I got them all on a Zoom and I practiced. They gave the best feedback in the world. So if you have three to five people that say they love you, Get them on a Zoom and let them <laughs> listen to you. And, and don't take longer than an hour. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know?
and, and they will give you good feedback. It's no different than putting a survey out. I'm just asking you for an hour of your time to give me feedback on the speaking topic. This is a new topic. I'm trying it out or I'm a new speaker. I would really love your feedback. So start at home, especially since we're in quarantine right now. Start home. <laughs> Um, start at home, start on Zoom, you know, get some people together on Zoom. Another thing is I'm a part of Toastmasters. So even though I haven't been speaking since, I'm going to get this 2003, I am a part of Toastmasters because I'm a life learner. I believe that you can keep growing, growing, going. And, and believe it or not, to this day, I am still learning and growing and, and receiving intel and feedback that's helping me. So don't ever think you've reached it, that you're that you're ever there because there's always room to work on. So Toastmasters is good and they're all on Zoom right now. Um, another good thing to do would be to go to community forums and groups. So there are a lot of community forums right now that are taking place that um, allow you to speak. It may be for a short period of time. It may be five to seven minutes. However, that's a good place to start. If there's something you're passionate about, and you can get involved on an existing platform, that is great practice. And I, I may even suggest going in that order, starting at home, starting with some friends on Zoom, and then maybe joining a Toastmaster group or a um, or a Speakers Bureau. And, and then you want to definitely start seeking out those other opportunities that are more public, that have a larger audience, and start off with three to five to seven minutes of giving a comment on an area that you're passionate about. Right now, there's so many, so much discussion going on on policing. And there are a lot of forums that are taking place. Well, that's that's a space. If you're passionate about that, get two to three points, stick to two to three points and just go for it. You know, there's no judgment zone in places like that. So it really makes a, a lot of good sense to protect yourself at first. When you're practicing, protect yourself. That's why I said, let it be people that love you, that say they love you for real, and, and protect yourself because it is hard when you receive um, criticism more publicly than more intimately. So start intimate, build up your confidence, you know, and then go public. And then when you receive corrective criticism, you're like, thank you. You know, you can say thank you and mean it. And so I, I would recommend um, that way to get started. I hope that answers your question, Noni. It does. Because it's a really good place to begin. That's how I started. I still do that. Like I said, I still call up friends and say, can you just join me for an hour? So these are things that I'm sharing with you that are not meant for you to do one time and elevate to public speaking to, to trillions, right? It, they are, go back to the basics all the time. Because there's always something you can pick up and always something that you can learn. So I encourage that path and mix it up, you know, mix it up a little bit. So start there. Start there. That is great advice. And someone told me when I was getting started, I've all, you know, I've been talking for since I came out the woo. But when, you know, being intentional about when you go to conferences, always ask questions, you know, even on virtual platforms, have questions prepared. It just helps because speakers speak, you know. So, and that's a quote I was like, yeah, that's true. Like, we speak. So, we need to be speaking. So, and you know what? The other thing, too, is that it's the same principle. No matter if I'm speaking to one person or I'm speaking to a trillion people, the, the fundamentals are the same. I will tell you, I got started in church. 
That's where my speaking career started because I don't care what you were doing as a kid. You did everything at church. You were on the usher board. You were in the choir, whether you could carry a tune or not. <laughs> I know that's right. Out there, there were those um, children's day, youth day, you know, the church annual anniversaries. And you had a speaking part. You were going to speak no matter what. And yes. so I. I am so grateful because I wasn't afraid to stand up in front of people because I had been there my whole life. And so there are so many platforms, churches, social and civic organizations that you can just speak and just remember. It's just like that, standing up and giving a speech at church, standing up in front of a civic association on Zoom and, and giving five to seven minutes about why you are passionate about the subject matter. And so it, and have your points. No matter what the occasion is, regardless if it's two minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, four hours, have your points before you open your mouth, because it is the best thing to do. Everybody speaks differently. I speak by memory. I, I'm not good oh, wow. at following a script. I, I'm not, which is why I customize every speaking engagement, because when you do that, it forces you to really dig deep and to, and to bring it out so you know it. Um, and so, but some people are able to use a teleprompt. Some people are able to use cue cards. I, I just have not felt comfortable. And again, it was how I learned when mm -hmm. I learned coming up in church, we didn't have a, we didn't have the three by five. We can stand. No, learn this, <laughs> memorize this poem and go up to that podium and say it, you know? And so <laughs> I remember, oh my gosh. <laughs> And don't be afraid to volunteer. Do not be afraid to volunteer. So I'm a part of the uh, sorority. Um, and every year we have a conference and they put out a call for speakers and facilitators. I have my hand up first saying, I want to facilitate. I want to speak. And that's a non-paid speaking opportunity. Yet it gives you phenomenal practice because those are very large audiences and you get pictures and you get testimonials. And so there's so many things you can gain by speaking for free. So I'm very strategic mm -hmm. in who I speak free for. So it's something to think about also when you're thinking about getting practice in. Make it count. Make it count. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I love that. You know, strategic and intentional are my, some of my favorite words. So. Yes. Yeah. so tell us, how can we, so if we're out there, I've heard you mention, you know, community forums. I've heard you mention, you know, civic organizations, churches, um, nonprofits. Where mm -hmm. are some of the other places that you can go and find paid speaking engagements? Okay. So, Wonderful question. So all of those places I mentioned, you can start out and you can you can get yourself comfortable, get out there. And some of them may be free. However, they can quickly turn into paid engagements. I, I will tell you, you speak for free at church, right? However, people hear me speak at church and they say, would you come and be my Women's Day speaker? Will you come and be our annual church conference presenter? And those are paid events. And they pay well. And so I'm like, yes, I'd be happy to, you know, let's book that. And, and, and so you want to make sure that, I mean, so even if it's free, it, it can quickly turn into paid. Um, being in the speaker's bureau, 
So I'm, I'm a part of speakers bureaus and some of them you speak for free. And I will tell you that is the best investment to give for free because that turns into phenomenal paid speaking engagements. I, I have been put up in front of Fortune 500 companies speaking wow. for a speaker bureau at no charge and they've hired me to come and speak for them directly. All of my business, practically all of my business in 2020, flowing into 2021, has come from free speaking engagements I've done at a speakers bureau and persons in the audience or on Zoom saw me and connected with me. I was speaking for free for a speakers bureau. Someone in the audience worked in a major manufacturing company that's international. They brought me in to speak for them. There were people on the Zoom, because this is all Zoom, mm -hmm. all that here. They were on Zoom and during the presentation, went to my website and sent me an email through my website saying, I'm listening to you. It was, it was the wildest thing. I'm listening to you speak right now at our conference and I need you to come and speak internationally for us at this conference. I love it. Yes, right. I love it. And so even free turns into paid easily, easily. I, I could go on and on about that. And so speakers bureaus are great. Still do the community, the church, the civic, because they can turn into paid. Yeah. You're doing it out of your heart. They may, be, they may be a part of your tithe set aside, right? Do it. Just do it and go all in. Whether I'm yeah. speaking free or I'm getting paid, you will not see a difference in my delivery or in my preparation, anything. Mm -hmm. And so yes. give it, give it your all. And the word of mouth will flow, 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 and you will be booked up and you'll be going to your library and calling on other colleagues to send them business because you can't take anymore. I love it. And, and, and ladies, she is booked. <laughs> I'm like, I make referrals. She's like, okay, I will take the referral, but you know, I'm getting filled up. So. I appreciate. So the last question, and I really feel like I need to bring you on for a part two because there are so many more questions that I could ask you about this. I, know last I don't even know when this ends, but you know, we can keep talking forever. We um, totally should do another one because you helped me really elevate my virtual because, you know, and we and we could talk all about that, but maybe that's another one that we'll come back and do. Um, yeah. So my last question how do you determine what to charge? Ooh, that's loaded. That is so loaded. So it's it's really something when you go from free <laughs> to charging. Right. And, and I will tell you, I start I started out too low. Okay. I did when I started charging. I started out low because I didn't know any better. I didn't have a mentor at that time who specialized in my area. I, I have several mentors and I recommend that you have several also and, and make sure that your mentors are further along than you are in the space that you're in. Mm. So when I started my speaking career, I had other speaking colleagues, yet no one was beyond where I was. We all were starting out, you know, we hadn't really connected intimately with anyone who was doing their thing. And mm. 
Well, we should have. Like that is the power of networking. I will never forget. I went to one of Les Brown's event and he had um a speaker there that is that is really renowned now. And I just loved her. And I did not, it was an intimate environment, and I did mm. not go and meet her. Mm. I had to backtrack years later to pray. She remembered who I was because it was such a small group to connect with her. And so mm-hmm. don't be afraid when you're starting out to make connections with people who are so far past where you are because they started somewhere too. And, yeah. and, and would love to mentor you. So I just really was fortunate. After I started out, I started too low. Why? Because I didn't have anybody to tell me anything better. Two, I didn't know what to consider when setting my price. You want to consider your education. You want to consider your all of your credentialing. So your education, any areas of certifications that you have, you want to consider your years of experience, your tenure, all of those things get considered into your price. Mm-hmm. I didn't consider any of that. And so, and I had a PhD. This was, this was back. I mean, like, this is so crazy. And so I had someone who is now my mentor approach me and say, I see proposals all the time to speak. And yours is way too low. Yours is less than half. Wow. I see come in from attorneys and other people who are credentialed because attorneys is kind of like leveled up with the PhD. And and then you add on your years of experience Mm. in that certain area that we were talking about. And then you add on other credentials that you bring to the table, your personality, your energy, Whatever your niche is, you yeah. add all of that that sets your USP, your unique selling positioning. What is it that sets you apart? That gets added into price consideration because uh-huh. you're not getting any Joe or Jane. They're getting you and you bring XYZ, something that they've not seen before. So they can't uh-huh. wait to have you set their stage on fire, to set their Zoom on fire. And so I started too low. So please consider those things. That's how you know your price. Okay. So start off considering what you bring to the table right off the bat. Then if you add some more credentialing onto that, I've added credentialing on because I'm a life learner. So I'm going to continue getting certified in something. I'm going to continue getting a degree in something, you know, if it's free, it's free for me right now. So So that makes a slight difference. Um, and so the life experiences, you know, right now I'm getting so much work in the diversity, equity and inclusion space that my experience in that space has skyrocketed. So I yeah. need to really look at, you know, what that what those fees are, because I've been in it now for several years and I've done more work than ever in the past two years. And that experience just ups your game. So when you add credentials, when you add education, when you add tenure in that lane that you're in, when you add experience, when you diversify, I am now in, in, in a scientific space. So I've been in a scientific space for four years. Mm. So now I'm able to like chemical companies and, and companies that make products, scientific products of any kind. I'm in that space. So I need to charge for that because that has a whole nother level of expertise that you have to draw on. 
So look at increasing every one or two years. And you consider, what did I add on from the last time I changed my prices? And you factor that in. You know you're not going to price yourself out because people will tell you if you do. People will say that's that's outside of my budget. And you have to just say, say thank you. You know, and and really look at that. When you're a part of a speakers bureau, you have a team of people that you're connected with and you all can talk about pricing and you can make sure you don't price yourself out of the market because it is um, an accepted conversation topic to talk about pricing in those venues. So those are the best way to find out if you're pricing yourself out or not, you know, or have a mentor that's already in that space that can share that information with you. So although I didn't have that starting out, I have it now. And I'm so grateful for it. And, and, and And you have to know the difference between pricing yourself out of a market and someone's budget. They're not always synonymous. And so (laughs) the budget doesn't mean my price is too high. You know, so you want to be able to make that determination. Also, every opportunity is not an opportunity for you. There you go. Opportunity for someone, but it may not be an opportunity for you. So you have to really determine that I custom design every speaking engagement. So I, I don't have cookie cutter speaking engagements. I redesign everything from scratch. Um, tailored to the company that I'm speaking for. I I do a lot of research about that company and I interject all of that into the presentation. And that makes it very unique. And when they see you do that, when others who are on that Zoom or in that audience notice that, that they call you. They call you because they want that intimate and special treatment for their own organization. I love it. Look, I got lost. I thought I forgot I was on I forgot we were in a live stream. I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> Which is always our conversations when we are you not in the morning. We could go on for hours, you and I. We always do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I- so much to talk about. I, I had to pivot with COVID. So even though I was already online in an online environment, I still had to pivot and make changes mm-hmm. in my speaking. I had to do way more tricks and flips virtually than I normally do in person. <laughs> and so well, you, I mean, and you know, you're, the prop, <laughs> you're the prop queen. So when I first saw you speak, I'm like, she has swords and shields and uh, just like, <laughs> and I, I couldn't stop looking. I'm like, what else she got in there? Costumes and I said, oh my goodness. And that is my niche. That's a part of my niche. Everybody has a, a speaking niche. And you may not know what your is what yours is at first, but you will develop that. You will develop that. And, and that's all my years in the puppet ministry at church, by the way. I, I didn't I didn't have a creative I bone in my body. I didn't have a creative bone in my body until I joined the puppet ministry. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden I tapped into the left side of my brain and it was like, woo, brand new world. And so I cannot help but be, but insert visuals. So that is part of my niche. That is what I'm known for. You know, you're going to ask me to speak. You know what you're going to get. So establishing your brand is key. It is key. I love it. You know, that's so when we come back, we're going to talk about that, like yes. finding your niche as a speaker, how to really, you know, because we're all about this brand identity and that it extends into how you speak and yes. present yourself to the world. So I love it. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you, Dr. Kim. Please tell everyone where they can find you. 
Oh, thank you so much, Noni. And my email address is super easy. Dr. Kim, just D-R-K-I-M at drkimcarter.com. My website is drkimcarter.com. Uh, my phone number is 614-450-0086. And if you know Noni, you're going to know me. <laughs> so you can always reach out to Noni if you need to get in contact with me also. <laughs> and I welcome you. Any conversation, if anyone wants to talk about this this further, seriously, I, I, I am not going to charge you to talk to you. Um, so just let me know if you have any questions or you want to talk about something that I've mentioned, uh, do a deeper dive into that conversation. I'm available. I, I so believe in giving back. So um, that'll fit into my time box. <laughs> Well, and then leave in the comments too if there's something that you heard us talk about and you want us to take a deeper dive, let's hear it. And maybe it's a, a Zoom meeting, maybe it's another live. We can, you know, explore those options too. But thank you, Dr. Kim. You are the best. You know it. Because I'm hanging with you. So thank you so, so much for having me. This has been a Absolutely. joy. Absolutely. I appreciate you. So thank you everyone who has joined us this evening. Um, again, reach out to Dr. Kim. I will put her uh, social media handles and um, website link in the comments so you can reach out and talk to her, follow her, um, you know, learn from her. She shared a lot of wisdom. Okay. This is something that she could have charged us to, <laughs> to share, but she didn't because she wants people to get it and learn and grow. And so I appreciate you. Appreciate everyone who uh, tuned in and we'll be back next week with another guest and you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.